Verse 3 tells us, Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered, and some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Here we have before us. I want you to imagine you're part of this group. There you are sitting on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus pushed out, and I just imagine there being somebody off in the distance sowing seeds. There's a farmer planting seeds. And I imagine as Jesus begins to tell this story, he points to this person, they look at him, and there he is casting his seeds as they would cast them to plant them. Way off in the distance, there he is. And now Jesus starts talking about it. And I can imagine if I was in the crowd, I might be thinking, yeah, there's a guy sowing seeds. We all know what that means. He's, plant, he's planting. We, we know that. This is, this is what that's for. We understand he's spreading seeds. We know that depending on where the seed lands, we get that. It affects how the seed grows or if it doesn't grow. We, we've all planted Jesus. We understand that. We're perfectly aware the type of soil that the seed lands in is very important to how it grows. You're just telling us a story we already know everything about. So, so get to the point. I don't get it. Well, that's why it's called a parable. That's, there's, there's a deeper understanding. There's a deeper meaning there. You see, in the parable, Jesus told us, he said, there's four types of ground. He said, the farmer up there, he's sowing seeds. And it's going to fall on four different types of ground. The first one was the wayside. Because it's going to fall on the wayside. It's a trampled down pathway. It's an it's a area that's usually connecting two different fields where they would get from one field to the next. It was, a, it was a worn out pathway. You ever seen the field next to Martin's, the walkway across the middle of the field? Not even the grass will grow on it. There's a, there's a pathway that everybody travels that comes from this side and they come across this field and they walk across this pathway. They all walk the same way. It's so trampled the grass doesn't grow there anymore. You can plant seeds there all day long. It's not going to grow. The ground's too hard. It won't, it won't grow. It's, it's been packed down by continually walking on it. And since the seeds can't grow there, they essentially become nothing more than bird seed. They, you could throw seeds on there and the birds are going to fly and the minute the people aren't walking, they're going to take it and they're going to eat it. So your, your seed's not going to grow there. And the second type of ground he said there sometimes the seeds fall on stony places which is rocky soil there's a little dirt here and there and the seed only grows between the rocks it'll it'll sprout up and it'll start to grow but there's not much soil it's not very deep it's not the, the root can't really take take the, the the plant can't take root it can't go deep into the soil because it's too rocky there the roots are going to have hard time in the shallow soil then what happens the sun comes out because the root's small, because it's not grounded, it can't hold the moisture and reach moisture from other places, it's going to dry up. It's going to wither away. It's going to become scorched. And the third type of ground that he mentions there, the thorny ground. He said, sometimes the farmers throw seed on thorny ground. This is, a, this is dirt. This is ground. It's got a mixture. It's got the seeds, but it's also got some thorns in there. Oh, they're going to grow. The seeds will begin to grow, but the thorns will grow quicker. They're eventually going to choke out the seeds. They're going to overtake the seeds. So as the seed begins to sprout up and starts to grow, the thorns grow with it. And pretty soon the, it, the, the, the thorns overtake it. But then he said, there's good soil. 
Sometimes, which is the goal of planting, by the way, is planting on good soil, this dirt has been prepared for the seeds. This dirt has been, it's been tilled, it's been turned over, it's been softened. As the seeds come into it, the seeds are able to grow and take root, and they're able to, the roots can go deep. It's been fertilized, the seeds are going to thrive in this environment. A large crop will be returned, it said, sometimes as much as a hundredfold as what's planted. And then Jesus ends this story. He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That indicates to us that there's a spiritual component. You see, he didn't just gather the people. They weren't just there to listen to the story about the farmer planting seeds. They already knew that information. I'm sure he did that, at that point, there's nothing new he was telling them. They were an agrarian society. That's how they got their food. They planted seeds. They grew it. They watered. They, they waited for the harvest. They understood this very, very clearly. They were farmers. They understood the, the concept of sowing and reaping. This was no new information to them. In fact, you could just say that Jesus just stated to them the obvious. And while he told it in a story form, everything he had said to this point is common knowledge. But in the beginning of verse 3, it told us that Jesus was beginning to speak in parables. Well, what exactly is a parable? What is exactly does this mean? What is he really telling us? And the word for parable, it's a compound word. It's made up of a prefix called para, which means with or alongside or next to. And it's the verb it's made up of is means, it means to throw, to lay, or to place. So a parable literally means to throw or place something alongside of something else so that you can compare the two of them. So I'm taking what is known, what is obvious, I'm putting it next to what is unknown, the spiritual truth, and I'm going to compare the two of them together. In a parable, we throw a common, we throw or we place a common story, something that everybody knew, like how to sow seeds, and that what happens when it falls on different kinds of ground. We place that alongside of a spiritual truth that people didn't understand in an effort to give them an understanding of something that they didn't already know. Everyone knows the common story, but not everyone's going to be able to just discern the spiritual truth. So Jesus is beginning to speak in parables. So in order to understand the spiritual truth, we've got to look a little deeper into the parable. We've got to begin asking some questions. And this can be difficult. But fortunately for this parable, Jesus told us what it means. It's going to be real easy. In other parables, there's, we, can, we can't be sure because he hasn't told us. But in this one, it's going to be very, very clear what he tells us. And that's what the disciples wanted to know. What do you mean by this, Jesus? But they also wanted to know, hey, Jesus, what's with the parables? Why are you talking in parables all of a sudden? What, what's going on here? And he, they asked that question. Look there in verse 10. The disciples came and they said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Why are you talking in parables? In verse 11, he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. He said, there's two reasons, guys, I'm speaking in parables. First, I want you to know the mysteries of heaven. Second, I don't, they're, they're not going to know the mysteries of heaven. I want you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, and they will not know these mysteries. And please remember there the word for mysteries. 
Because mystery to us in our English language, it means something that is unknown, right? Whenever you see the Bible, the word mystery in the Bible, most cases it's the Greek word mysterion. In most cases we think it's a mystery, which means we don't know. That's not what the Greek word mysterion means. What the Greek word means, it's something that was unknown or unknowable, but has now been revealed to you. So it's like a solved mystery in our language. It's something that we didn't understand, we didn't know, but now we have an understanding of it. It's something that's been revealed. It's because of what's been told us, because of what's been taught us, we have understanding. That's the mysteries he's talking about there. He's telling his disciples, I'm going to tell you about the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to teach it to you in parables. This will help you learn it. It'll help you remember it, but it will also keep those who don't believe in me from understanding it. You see, I want you guys to know these things. I'm going to share it with you openly, but they don't believe in me. So they're not going to be able to understand what I'm sharing. Look at verse 12. He says to him, for whoever has to him more will be given and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. The idea here is that those who are open And those who are sensitive to spiritual truths, that's what he's talking about here. Parables, I'm teaching you spiritual things about the kingdom of heaven. Those that are open to these things, those that are sensitive things, you're going to understand them through parables. But those who are not open to them, those who don't believe in me, those who are not seeking truth, well, you're going to stay where you're at. Actually, you're going to end up in a worse condition than you are right now. You're not going to have the understanding. One commentator put it this way. He said, life is always a process of gaining more or losing more. For weakness, like strength, is an increasing thing. In other words, you're either gaining information or you're losing information. You're not both. And and because they don't believe in me, they're not going to be able to get the understanding that I'm about to give you through these series of parables through this chapter. I'm going to teach you about the kingdom of heaven, but I'm going to do it to, in parables so that you will understand, but they're going to miss it because they're not interested really in the truth. They only want to support their religious system. Look at verse 13. In case you're wondering why Jesus would want to conceal the truth, because that might be a question, why would Jesus not want to tell them about the spiritual meaning of the parables? Look at verse 13, he tells you. Therefore, I speak to them in parables... Because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of his people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. In other words, Jesus says, I'm talking to them in parables because they're looking, but they do not see. They're listening, but they don't hear. They really don't understand what I'm saying. They're, they have, notice it says, they have closed their eyes. They're really not interested in spiritual truths. They really don't want to know me. They're just out for some personal type agenda. Have you noticed that two people can sit in church together? One can be touched to the very core of who they are by the word of God, and another person doesn't mean a thing to them. They could care less. It's it's like they weren't even there. One person can walk out and go, I didn't get a thing out of that. Another person goes, that was amazing. You don't understand how the Lord spoke to me. That was a life-changing thing that I found in God's word tonight. 
One might be listening and one's not interested in listening. These were people who would listen to Jesus and they would walk away and say, well, that was a good story. That was a nice talk. That was a good message. Oh, that was interesting. That was entertaining. He, he, he held my attention pretty well. That, that was good. But to those with ears to hear, those who truly want spiritual understanding through the teaching of parables, they'll get an understanding, a deeper understanding of spiritual truths. It's going to mean more to them. And like I said, the same thing happens in church today. When you come to church, some people, they say, I need an understanding. I want to learn. I want to grow. Other people, I, I, I don't, I'm just here because my husband or wife makes me come. I just, I just have to be here. So that's, I, I, I've already heard it all before. I've sat in church for years and years and years. It doesn't mean anything to me. You know, I love to be able to sit. I, I've read the Bible. I've taught through a large portion of the Bible. But I love to go to church and hear somebody else teach it. it, it I might know everything they talk about. But there's something amazing about a fresh voice on an old spiritual truth that just rings true at the right moment. But if your heart is, nah, I've already, I've already studied the parable of sower a million times. Maybe this is the time he wants to speak something different to you. You see, the heart that's open is going to be able to hear. And then he quotes from Isaiah to remind them that the Old Testament prophet said this would happen. It, it, this isn't new. Jesus is literally fulfilling his Old Testament prophecy as he's speaking in parables. In other words, it's go, Isaiah said this would happen. They will hear and not understand. They will see and not perceive. But why? He tells you there in verse 15. Why, why can't they see? Why can't they perceive? Why can't they hear? Verse 15. For their hearts of the people have grown dull. They've grown dull. It literally means their hearts have grown fat. They've gotten, they, it means they've fat. The word means to become thick, like a callus. They've been calloused. Have you noticed when you haven't used a shovel or a rake all winter long, and the first time you go to use it, you might have a callus on your, you might get a, a, a blister on your hand or your finger, but by the end of the summer, you've got it down pat. You can always tell a mason when you shake his hand because his hands are so calloused from carrying blocks and bricks all day. It's calloused. That's the thickness it's talking about. They don't want to hear it because their heart has grown thick. They're not interested. They're calloused over and not sensitive to spiritual truths. We can be the exact same way sometimes. They're not really interested in the truth. If they were interested, they would be seeing. They would be hearing. And it says there that he would heal them. You see, Jesus' parables are also a form of judgment upon their unbelief. They're not able to understand because they don't believe. Those who would accept Jesus' clear and simple teachings, those that would believe in him would also be able to understand the deeper teachings that he's teaching them. But those who reject his clear teachings, those that reject his simple teachings, they're going to lose the benefit of the teaching. And they're going to lose the benefit of the miracles they've witnessed because of their unbelief. He goes on to tell us for many years, the prophets have desired to see what you guys are seeing. Look there in verse 16. He says, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. In other words, he tells the disciples, you guys are blessed. Do you realize how many prophets wanted to see the Messiah? 
How many prophets prophesied the Messiah's coming but never got to see him? Now, in this day, as you sit before Christ, he's saying you guys get to see what they all wanted to see. You're sitting at a glorious time. Not even the enlightened men and faithful prophets of the Old Testament were given the spiritual insights that Jesus is about to unfold on his apostles. And not only on them, but on all of those that came after them, including us. He's going to give us understanding that the prophets never had. We get to look back on what was history and the life of Christ and what he accomplished and get understanding of God's plan that the Old Testament prophets never had. They didn't have the full picture together. They weren't able, they didn't have the, the, whole, the whole, the ending together. They didn't know how it was all going to work out. Consider all that he taught, all that he predicted, all that he did. Do you realize it's literally changed the world? That here it is, almost 2,000 years later, we're still studying Christ. He's still the Savior. He's still the only way to salvation. All that he did, they got to live in that day. They got to be part of that. They had their eyes open to that. What a special time that is. That's what he's talking about. His actions, his words, still bringing insight today. His wisdom, hope, eternal security to people today. He's still bringing, he's still affecting us today. If Jesus had not given us an interpretation about this parable, we'd be left to guess. But wonderfully, he says, I'm going to tell you guys what this means. Let me share what this parable means. Let me tell you exactly what he means. Look at verse 18 as he divulges the truths that the Old Testament prophets longed to learn about the kingdom of heaven. Verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. I'd speak to us tonight too. Hear, listen, listen as he explains. Verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. The first type of soil that the seed was sown in that Jesus mentioned is said it was sowed by the wayside. It was a hardened path. It's a picture of the hardened heart that hears the word of God but doesn't really want the word of God, doesn't really understand the word of God, isn't really interested in the word of God. He tells us there is a sower sowing. And what's being sown is the word of the kingdom, or we can call it the word of God, the news of the kingdom of heaven. And just take note, the kingdom of heaven always starts with the word. Here we are in the beginning of the chapter. He's talking about the word, the news of. I'm telling you about the kingdom of heaven. The news of the kingdom of heaven starts with the word. And sometimes that word is sown to hardened soil. Sometimes it's sown like it is on the wayside. The word goes out, but it lands on a hard heart. And the wicked one, in our first verse about it, said the bird snatches it away. He tells us the wicked, who the bird is. It's Satan. It's the wicked one. Snatches it away. In the parable, Jesus said the bird snatches the seed from the wayside. It's like the word being told to somebody with a hard heart. Like, I don't want it. I don't care. I don't need it. I'm not interested. I don't understand that stuff. That's for you. It's not for me. Their heart's been hardened. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, Satan is always on the watch to hinder the word. He is always afraid to leave the truth even in hard and dry contact with the mind. That's why it's taken away. In other words, the word goes out. It's snatched away by Satan. It's not left there to resonate. 
He wants you to forget about it. He wants that person to move on to the next thing in life. Get, go on, it's taken away from them. Don't you know people like this? We all do. You share the word of God, they want nothing to do with it. Their heart is hard. It got hard because they made it hard. They, they have no interest in it. That's the wayside. Now listen as Jesus explains the stony ground there in verse 20. He says, but he who receives the seed on stony places. This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. This is the person or this is the heart that receives the word with joy. Oh, they're happy to hear about the things of God. But the soil, remember it's on rocky ground. It's not very deep. The root can't grow deep. It's, they're not rooted in the word. They're not willing to endure hardship and tribulation. Oh, they, they, hear, they hear about the word of God. They hear about the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I want that. Well, it's going to cost you something. Oh, I don't want that bad. You might lose your friends. They might make fun of you. I don't want it that bad. You might have to change your career. You might move. No, no, no I'm not interested in any of that stuff. No, I don't want that. I don't want any tribulation because of the word. I don't want any of that stuff. You see, I believe that describes a lot of our Christian conversions today. I think this is it. I think a lot of times people will come to church and they have a stony heart. And there's a little bit there. There's joy about the word of God. Do you want to get saved? They raise their hand. They, they come forward. They pray a prayer. And they walk out of the church. And it's, and it's not that they're really converted. It's just, it, it's only temporary. And the minute things don't go exactly the way they want it, ah, they give up. I tried that Jesus thing. I tried that God thing. I tried that. that, that, that no, no, your, your, your heart's not right. Your soil's not right in your heart. You, you, you didn't really try it. You just tried what you thought was it. It was something that, that you, you, you made a choice, which is, which is good, but you can't, just, you can't just end it that way. You can't just quickly give up. You see, Charles Spurgeon made a good point when he said this. He said, I want you to clearly... I want, to, I want you clearly to understand that the fault did not lie in the suddenness of their supposed conversion. Many sudden conversions have been among the best that have ever happened. The problem was not, that, not their sudden growth, but their lack of depth. See, it wasn't that they made a decision to follow Christ quickly. It was that it wasn't a deep decision. It wasn't one that would continue on. It was just one that would only last temporarily. It was just something the minute there came a little bit of persecution. And we don't even really know what that is in our country in most cases. Because most of us have never suffered persecution for the word. Most of us have never really understood what that persecution means. Most of us have never had to choose between our family and Christ. We've never had to say, preach the word and you might end up in prison tonight. Share, share, share the gospel with your friends at work and you might end up in jail if they tell on you. See, we really don't understand that persecution. And then the third place the seed fell in our parable. It's among the thorns. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becomes unfruitful. Sometimes the word of God will fall among thorns. In the example, the thorns represent what he said there, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. Do you know that riches can be deceitful? Money can be deceitful. Let me be very clear. If you think money will solve your problems even just a little bit more, you're being deceived. 
If you think, well, all my problems will be better if I just made a little bit more money, you're being deceived. It, I'm telling you, it won't. It won't matter. Well, it sure would be easier if I won the lottery. No, it's going to bring a whole new set of problems you know nothing about. It, it doesn't solve anything. You see, in his heart, the word, the word would begin to grow in this person. It would begin to grow, but it would be quickly choked out by the things of the world, by the cares of the world. These are people who respond to the word of God. It grows in the word of God. It's, 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 it's blossoming in their life. But the things of the world choke it out. They're pulled away by their pursuits of money. Or perhaps their pursuits of stuff. Or perhaps a better job. Or a better career. Or a better opportunity. It's quickly choked out by the things of the world. They respond for a short time. But eventually, they're pulled, they're pulled away. You see, the soil of the heart is fertile. But the problem is... There's many things growing. The heart is fertile. They want it. They want the word of God, but they want everything else too. And you can't be given over to more than one master, for you will love the one and hate the other. You see, there's things in our life, and this is what we face a lot of times in this country, in, in our life. This is something that we face often. The soil of our heart is fertile, but there's lots of things growing in it. This is perhaps the heart that says, I want to be at church but I've got some other things to do. But there's a football game I'm going to go watch. Or there's this I'm going to go do. Or there's this. Uh, and I, I'd like to be at church for a midweek service, but I really don't have time. There's, there's, there's other things that come in that choke out the things of God. I want to grow in the Lord, but I don't have time to be part of the ladies' prayer or the ladies' Bible study or the men's discipleship. I want to grow deeper in my faith, but the, I just, you just don't understand. I can't I can't pursue my career and grow deeper in my faith at the same time. Right, there's thorns growing there. You have to decide what is it most important to me? What is it that I'm going to pursue? We have to have a career. We have to make money to live off of. But is that our, is that our existence based upon that? Is that what we do? Is that, is that who we are? Is that what defines us? You know what I think? I think sometimes we get these thorn bushes in our life and sometimes we trim them back. They get all wild out of a while. We start to get bombarded with different things. We go, no, no, i got to get my focus back. So we take the thorn bush and we trim it back. But it's still there. What happens if you trim a thorn bush back? It grows again, doesn't it? It grows bigger and wiry. It gets thicker. And we need to cut it out. It's like get the roundup out on that thing. Not, not just trim it back. Don't just, just cut it back and, and so it'll grow bigger next year. Completely pull it out by the root. Make sure it never comes back. Because these thorns in our soil, the soil of our heart, can compete with the things of God. You know what I think one of the things that competes in our culture? Youth sports. How many people have you known that have gotten involved in youth sports? They're part of the church. They're growing. Their kids start to grow up a little bit and they hit the early years. Maybe the teenage years. And then, haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, we got travel soccer. Yeah, we got travel baseball. Yeah, it's basketball season. Yeah, we got this going on. You know, and I'm not knocking you sports. There's, there's a place for that in our culture. But what I will say is that as Christians, we must be careful that that is not taking over our relationship with the Lord. And our relationship with God begins to suffer because we can't be in church because we're traveling around from city to city to city to city to play a soccer game. We found that out very early on with our boys. When we moved to Cumberland, our kids, our boys started playing soccer. I realized very quickly we had three boys, we still have three boys, uh, three boys, all playing soccer, three different teams, all had a game at the same time in three different states. Pennsylvania, Maryland, and West Virginia, and we only have two parents. 
That's a problem. How do we get all the kids around? And I realized I had to cancel something at church to make it to one of those games. And it very quickly hit me and said, wait a minute. Soccer, sports, they're important in a lot of people's lives. But the Lord didn't call our family to Cumberland so that we could play soccer every weekend or soccer here or there or whatever. So I had to begin to set priorities in my life. And I realized there's some things I can do and there's some things I can't do. And youth sports was one that if we're not careful, it'll take over like a thorn bush taking over your garden in your life. And that's only one example. There's many other examples. Your hobbies can do it. Whatever it is that seems to want to take over, whatever it is that you find yourself saying, I don't want to go to church because I need to, you need to really look and say, is that a thorn bush in my life? Is that trying to take over my heart? Is that not, there's going to be days where you can't make it to church. It's not about church attendance. It's about, it's about what's going on in your heart. You need to really look sometimes and say, is that something that's taking over my heart? And then there, the final type of soil that he says in verse 23. That's the kind we all want to be. But he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. This is the heart that's prepared to hear the word of God. This is the heart that has been cultivated. This is the heart that is seeking out the truth and the things of God. This is the life that bears fruit. What type of soil is in your heart? What's in there? Is it like the wayside? It's hard and trampled. You don't really want to hear anything out of the Bible. Birds, Satan just comes and snatches it away. Is it stony ground where you, you get all excited about something and the minute something difficult happens, oh, I'm done. You know, make all kinds of promises to God on, on Sunday, but by Monday they're forgotten? Is it thorny ground? Where the things of the world are choking out, they're getting in the way, they're holding back your relationship with Christ. You're working more so you can have a new house. You're working more so you can have more stuff. Remember, everything that you can see is temporary. It all burn. Everything that you can see, but the things that you can't see are eternal. They'll last forever on into eternity. Be careful where you're toiling. Be careful where your labor is going. Or are you good ground? Where the word bears fruit of immense portion. Does the word of God hit your heart and bear fruit in your life? Can you see the change in your life? You see, the only difference between each of these categories is the soil. The same seed is sown into different places. The human heart, the, the condition of your heart determines what's going to happen with the seeds of God's word that are put in there. Is it hard and rejected? Or is it soft? Is it cultivated? Is it tilled? Who's responsible for preparing the soil of your heart? You are. You are. You see, I can decide whether I come to church with a heart that's ready to hear God's word or I come to a church with just because I've got to go through the motions. I know people, and you do too, that have been in church their whole life that have no idea what Christianity really is. They've been a members at a church somewhere their entire life. But the word, God's word's not taking root in their heart. They're part of a club, part of a group, part of, a, part of an organization. But God's word is not changing them. There's not something miraculous happening in them. It should continue throughout your life. There should continue to be change. You're either being changed one way or the other. You're growing closer to God or you're slipping further away. And truth be told, when we look at those and I ask the question, what type of soil is in your heart? It probably depends on the day, doesn't it? 
Because I can tell you that in my own life, sometimes my heart's hard. You ever had the hard heart? I have. I've had a, a, a debate with my wife. We'll call it a debate. We've, we've debated back and forth over something, and we've realized, you know what, maybe we, this, is, this is not healthy. We need, we need to stop. And oftentimes she'll say to me, well, let's pray. I don't want to pray. Why? Because I'm not done debating yet. We haven't got, no, we're not, we're not done yet. And, and, and I know I should pray, but my heart's hard. I'm not ready yet. So what do I have to do? I have to step back. And I have to till the soil. I have to remind myself of who God is. What am I doing here? What's wrong? I need to repent. That tills up that soil. That gets it ready. And then I can come back and say, all right, let's pray. But sometimes my heart's hard. Sometimes my heart's like stony ground too. You know, you hear something, you do it, and you, all right, the Lord shows you something. I'm going to change. And it doesn't happen. And other times it's like thorny ground. I have to constantly be looking, Lord, is, there, is this, this thing that's going on, is this, is this just something of my flesh that's trying to drag me away? Is this a thorn bush growing up? Is this choking out what you're trying to do, Lord? Is this, is this just something where I, it's things of the world that I'm interested in that you're not really doing? I, I have to constantly be checking that. I'm sure you're the same way. I, I know you're the same way. But sometimes my heart's good. Sometimes my soil, the heart, soil of my heart is ready. And I receive God's word and it changes my life forever. Have you been there? Do you understand what that feels like where, where God ministers to you and he says something to you out of his word, whether it's through me or through another pastor or just through you and the word on his own and it changes you. You're like, wow, he just showed me something I didn't know. He taught me about himself. He taught me about me. It, I, am, I am changed. That, that's the good soil. But the truth be told, we can control how our heart is. You can decide how you go to the word of God in the morning. If you wake up in the morning, go, all right, I got to do my devotions. Pastor says every morning, all right, 10 minutes, let's go. We're in Matthew chapter 13. So I'm going to read the first three verses. And there we go. There, and I, what'd you get out of it? Nothing. But if you go to the Lord in the morning and say, Lord, I, I, I don't know what you have for me this morning, but I want to be open to it. Lord, if there's something in my life that's keeping me from you, I, I want to repent of that. Lord, I, I need you to minister to me. Speak to me through your word, Lord. Then you open up the Bible and you start reading. You're like, wow, he showed me something. He took me someplace. You know, play Bible roulette. You know what that is? Just open the Bible and start reading someday. You're like, just here we go, start reading. See what he does. Or read it systematically. Pick a book. Start reading in Genesis or John or wherever. And just start reading. Every day I'm going to read a chapter or a section, whatever it is. And just start going through it. He's going to meet you there. Especially if your heart's open and ready to be received. But if your heart's hard... Think of what you're missing out on. Think about with a hardened heart where you've come before the Lord with word, through the word, out of duty and obligation, and he said, I want to show you something, and you go, maybe you don't say it outright, but I'm not really interested in hearing that this morning, Lord, i got too much to do. My day's too full. And he goes, no, no, i got to show you something important. No, i got to go, Lord, I'll see, you, I'll see you at church on Sunday. And you close the Bible and you walk away. And he's there going, I, I wanted, I wanted to, you, you don't know what's coming up today. I needed to prepare you for something that's coming. And I wanted to teach you in your word what you need to carry with you today. And, and you didn't listen. Okay, okay. And then you go about your day and it starts to fall apart and you cry out. And then he meets you there. Faithful is he. He is faithful. But I wonder how much we missed because our heart hasn't, the soil of our heart hasn't been prepared right. I wonder how much more we could have gained. How much more growth we could have had if the soil of our heart was tilled and cultivated if it was good ground where the word bears fruit of immense portion. Let's pray. Lord, there's two people in the room that know the condition of our hearts, you and us. 
And Lord, I know that in my life, the condition of my heart changes from day to day, sometimes from moment to moment. Lord, as you've given us your word and you've showed us that the same seed can be sown into four different places and the condition of the soil that it's sown will dramatically affect the fruit that it bears. Lord, that's true of our heart as well. If our heart's hard, may we soften it. Lord, if there's something of the world that's choking out our relationship with you, Lord, it's not always sin. Sometimes it's good things. Perhaps it's work, a career. Perhaps it's a ministry. Lord, if there's something that's choking out our relationship with you, may we cut that bush down and pull it out by the root. Lord, sometimes our heart can be stony. We get excited about something, but it's short-lived because a little bit of persecution happens. Things don't go the way we expected. We walk away from a truth that once spoke so clearly. Lord, would you help us to never doubt in darkness what was clear in the light? Lord, may our hearts always be good ground, ready for planting, yielding fruit in immense portions. In Jesus' name, amen.